Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's the three questions, and I am uh, very happy to be talking to someone that I actually like today because most of the time, oh. the people that I get in here. You just don't like? Oh, just fucking riffraff. That's got to be painful. Oh, it's awful. I, you know, and it doesn't matter whether they're uh, politicians or right. journalists yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Most of them you are just awful, them. awful, awful people. Well, thank God, God I'm here. Yeah, because you're a real talent. <laughs> you, you actually are contributing something to the culture. We were just talking. Tell me by, more. We were just talking before <laughs> the the podcast actually officially started that I uh, sometimes feel that I don't. That I listen to other podcasts and I hear people getting smoke blown up their ass so much that I feel like I don't do that enough. So then I was going to say, I was going to butter you up. I'm talking to Ken Marino. You don't have to butter me up. I know I don't. Well, mostly because you're, you're not a big fan. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I, I, overrated. It's just the thing that thing. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. you know, it's just it's like, like enough of the thing already. Right, enough yeah. of the thing. I We've mean, seen the thing. Yeah, the thing, uh, the the merino thing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very happy to have you here. Thank uh, you. Um, and I told you this, Ruthie, who who works for us, and or, you know us. <laughs> works here what do i mean us like i'm the company like me in the you know in you the, the chicago boys. outfit uh no just but uh she you know works here and took a photo of us and she just said how much she that everyone loves the other two which is so good and i just Thanks. i just out of because i hadn't seen party down yet and it's like uh not the whole thing but just the the last season yeah 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 and so I knew you were coming and I was, and I, it was on my list, you know, how you got that. Now TV is a fucking to-do list. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's difficult. But I devoured them all in like oh, five you, minutes. You watched uh, the last season? Oh, they're so funny. It's, it's good, right? It's such a funny, funny, funny yeah. show. Yeah. And you're so great in it. And oh, you're, thanks. It's, but it's almost like, well, and well, the point I was going to make was that you're in such good stuff. Like there's not a lot of, like when you look at your resume- like my, like my IMD pay, IMDb page, it's like, oof, ow, yeesh, eh, pretty good paycheck. Oh, okay, that one's all right, you know. I, I, all I could say is I feel uh, very lucky uh, when I look back at and see some of the shows that I've been, you know, lucky enough to Gotten be a part to do. of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, uh, the other, I didn't think Party Down was coming back. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it for years and years, but uh, I never, at a certain point, I gave up hope. Yeah, and then uh, and then we got the call that it was happening again, and to get to do that again while I was shooting the other two, which yeah. is another show that is I think is the you know I think Party Down and the other two are genuinely 
two of the funniest shows out there right now. I mean, and the people who run the, the, the writers of those shows, now, John I Embaum mean, and... Generally speaking. Yeah, Sarah Schneider and Chris Chris Kelly are all incredibly gifted writers and, and the type of humor it is and the, the, the amount of jokes per minute. Yeah. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of shows out there right now that, that are producing that kind of quality comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. So I, I mean, feel very lucky. Yeah, to be part of it. Well, I mean, and, and I and I said this to you, but it's it's because you're really good. You really are like a fantastic utility player. Um, <laughs> where I mean, and it's just a wonderful combination of likable, lovable, and dumb. Big dummy. Like, yeah, yeah. You just play so many idiots. Yeah, that's my sweet but spot. But you do it so fucking well. Well, you know? maybe because I'm, I maybe I'm a, just a big dummy. Uh, no, I don't know. but you're not, and I don't think you <laughs> could. You couldn't do as you couldn't play like so many panicky, <laughs> panicky idiots per as you do. Perhaps I'm a little smarter than the characters uh, I you're play. Much smarter than they are. <laughs> than they are. But I mean, but does does that ever like? Do you ever feel sometimes like? Like, do you ever want to just play like a murderer? You know. Well, I have. I mean, I have played darker parts, and I yeah. certainly have played. Well, I mean, Children's Hospital was a weird mix of all kinds of different things. Yeah, sure. Kind of in an absurd, you know, like, yeah. like way. And and I've and I've played in movies that I've written with David Wayne in um, role models and uh, uh, Wanderlust. I play like a you know terrible, oh, right. terrible asshole. Sure, like sure. Really nasty yeah. human being so i get to i like to play that as well yeah but uh yeah i like to i you know i i would love the opportunity well today i'm i'm on a show right now uh that's part of the shondaland uh world oh. uh called uh, the residence and i'm uh you know pr pretty much a, a terrible human being on that uh-huh so, and that's with uzu aduba i have that. that's correct i don't know if you know that uh, have you met her no, thank you for telling me that mm -hmm. she's in it. I can't wait to she's meet her. She's in it. She's great. She's uh, really great. No, I've met her, and she's uh, uh, incredible. Yeah, and she's yeah. super, super nice yeah. and um, incredibly talented. Well, that's all I, you know, I'm done now. That was it. That was, well, this was great. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And, well, if I didn't say it, I had a great time. I'm glad you drove up from La Jolla. Yes. Uh, it was a long trip, a lot of traffic. <laughs> no, well, let's, let's, get, uh, let's go back early. First of all, I see here you're two years younger than me. How fucking dare you? <laughs> um, Long Island. That's me. Yeah, Italian American. Sure. Worked with his dad delivering porta potties yeah. to events, and then would have to clean them after. That's right. Yeah, my dad. I love that because I my used to work for my stepfather plumber. Yeah, and crawler into houses. And, yeah, yeah. You know, do so, you when you smell like some like a sewer or a cesspool or like a backed up toilet? Yes. Do you uh, immediately get uh, thrown back to that time? Do you think of it fondly? Does that smell? No. Disgust just, you? Just yesterday, and it's not so much. It's not sewage. Like sewage. No. I mean, uh, no. I mean, I sewage is sewage. You know, uh, and it's not. It's not. It's not an old not fond great. memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Ah, <laughs> oh, finally. Although I do. You know. Uh, I used to live in, there's a part of Burbank that's a horsey, you know, equestrian. And I lived there for about 10 years. And the smell um, of manure brings you this, back there. The, and like I want, I was one time checked into a hotel on Central Park South and opened the window. It had a window it could open. And the smell of horse shit from the, from the, the carriages, yeah, from, yeah, the, yeah. from the carriages came up. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm at home, you yeah. know. 
But horseshit is a very pleasant shit, as shit smells go. It, it is more pleasant? Is more saying? pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, not, it's not as bad as, like, pig shit or chicken shit. Right. Or human shit. Or human shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, unless you're into that sort of thing, and I don't want to shame people, but, you know. For but most most people, for you, yeah, I'm a I am shit avoidant, right? For I you, if there was a chart, right, horse shit would horse be on be most top. like, right, and then right. least like. Well, at the top would be my farts, right, right. Of course, we all love our own. <laughs> we sure do. We all love our own. <laughs> and then it would be horse shit, and then going down. Sure, sure. No, but um, <laughs> but this, this when you say like the smell, the sense memory, I was standing on the corner of Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank yesterday. And some kind of work van drove past and like kind of, you know, drove close. And I could smell from the inside cigarettes and like oil, like the smell of oil mm-hmm. and, and dirt, that smell. And it was like, oh, plumber van. Yeah. And it's a bummer. Oh, you didn't like it? was a oh, plumber no, no. bummer. It, it was, was a plumber a, yeah, bummer. Yeah, it just, it just, it just reminds me of being a kid in the summertime being dragged around to your parents, like like they take you to work because they got it. You got to go to work, and then you got to work. Right? You know? Yeah, I, I hated I hated at the time going to work with my dad. Yeah, for the most part. Maybe there were times that I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it, and make some money." What and, age did this start? Well, he was doing it. He was a he was a, a clam digger, and then he had a pump truck when I was, you know, f- f- third, fourth grade, yeah. and then uh, and then. From there on, he was. Then he started working just as a plumber, and then as all through junior high and high school, I would I would work with him. Yeah. Even though I didn't like it back then, or I complained about it, I do have a nostalgic feeling when I do smell those stupid, disgusting mints those, yeah. uh, in in the porta potties, or when I sm- when I see a pu- like when when we work when we work on a set and, and we're in the honey wagons right and yeah. the guys come and they're cleaning out the stuff and everybody's like oh that smell and I'm like yeah it's disgusting but it also reminds me of like yeah. driving around with my dad as a kid yeah. and so I somehow in my brain tap into the joy of it as opposed to the disgust of it yeah. and um and then anytime like uh, we have like a a, a a plumbing problem at the house or friends have a plumbing problem. I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll help out with that. Yeah. And I love getting into it. Uh, just because, um, it, it makes me feel like I learned something from my father Yeah, and it somehow brings me closer to him, even though, you know, he's on the other side of the country and I see him, you know, not as frequently as I'd right. like, you know, it brings me closer to him. And so I don't know, there's something about it That's that, nice. that, that, that I enjoy, but it's a weird thing to like, you know, like when I see a porta potty or when I go into a porta potty in the middle of the summer and it's it's hot and disgusting in there. I'm like, hey, this is my childhood. <laughs> it's a little weird, right? I miss my dad. But, but exactly. come out crying. <laughs> oh, was that bad? No, I just miss my daddy. <laughs> was it that? What? Bad? Um, the if you go back and look at any any movie I've been involved in 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 terms of writing you'll see that pretty much every movie that i've had some say in the story there's either a plumber or a guy owns a porta potty or there's this person sitting on a toilet or there's somebody talking about shit every everything that i've had yeah yeah been able to write about there's always something like that in there yeah 
I, I and I don't necessarily. Is it conscious? Do it. I don't think so. It just you just notice that it kind of happens. Yeah, it just keeps happening, and then yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess that's just yeah. That's it's like your Alfred, like Alfred Hitchcock cameo, like it's your that's your thing. That's right, right. In the Ken Marino catalog, right, right. Spot the John Malkovich <laughs> spot wears the shit related. John Malkovich thing. wears wigs. Alfred yeah. Hitchcock shows up in his thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Christopher Walken likes to dance and sing and everything he does. Yeah. And Marino likes to put uh, shit and porta potties <laughs> in anything he does. I literally, and then even something I have, I had no uh, creative uh, input on. I was asked to do this movie called Bad Milo that mm-hmm. the Duplass brothers uh, produced. It's about <laughs> it's about a monster that comes out of my ass when I'm stressed out and kills people and then crawls back up my ass. Yeah. And so I basically shit out a monster. And um, uh, when I saw the script, uh, they're like, it's a, it's an unusual yeah. script. As soon as I saw what it was about, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do yeah, that? Yeah, it's ass-based. That's on theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. It's good to have motifs, I guess. For me, too, it was always like the complicated, like I worked for different family members whose businesses were always just hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Right. So there always was this sort of layering on of adult, just like, and you know, like I would know like, oh, the, this plumbing business is not doing well. Or, you know, I worked for my uncle and like, oh, his so how did that affect supply. So how did that affect you? You just like- Just it, a feeling of- just worry and stress and, and, you know, like waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. like, just oh, always, shit. yeah, like oh, no, it's, it's all going to end. Yeah. Like, you know, professionally like I, I've said to, yeah. And like I've said at an early age, I, I learned what I could pick up the phone and just from a, you know, is Glenda there that my mother, you know, I could tell a bill collector and I could say, no, she's not here. And she could be standing right next to me. Right. And I, you know, learned that. And it's, I would argue that's not a great thing to put on a kid. Um, right. But I mean, know. do you feel like, do you feel like it has affected you as an adult? Has it, have you gained anything from it? Or do you feel like it's this thing that's been with you that you wish you didn't have? No, I mean, it just makes me, <laughs> it just makes me realize that worry about money and about, you know, like, I just have never been able to not feel I feel the same all way. All the time. But do you think that like, that has to do with, like, a because, uh, you know, it's a more of a blue-collar, white-collar. Like, my dad was a blue-collar dude who was, like, we were struggling to, you know, they, my mom and dad were struggling to pay the bills. And, and like, you know, I never, I never felt like um, we were rolling in the dough, yeah. you know, um, and his work ethic was, you know, he, he, like he was just working long hours every day yeah. and my mom was working. And um, so when I approach this, this profession, I approach it consciously or subconsciously, unconsciously, whatever the word is, the way my parents approached it, which is like go and collect, go out and collect the money. Yeah. And then and then um, pay the bills. Yes. And I don't think of like, I mean, I like doing what I do, and I understand it's like you know it's artistic and it's it's fun and it's creative. But in terms of the business part of it, I think of it like the way my father would think about cleaning somebody's cesspool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. like go get as much you know work done there as you can, give them a bill, and 
collect the money and go yeah. home. Yeah, like, no, definitely. I have. Do you there's feel that, that as- way? There is that aspect of that for sure, and I have a very sort of like tradesman like attitude about what I do for a living, and what I do for a living is entertainment, but also kind of more specifically, the thing that I did the most of was I made a television show every day. You know, like I, not alone, but I mean, I was definitely one of the deciding voices daily in the making of a television show. So that's my trade now. I mean, occasionally I will allow myself to feel like an artist because I think it's good for me and I could probably use a little bit more of that in my life. Mm -hmm. But most of the time I think of like the fact that like I got a skill, I know how to, it's, it's based on sort of natural ability and I got this skill that I got, you know, from repetition, you know, hours and hours and hours of doing it that I can do this now. I can make a game show. I could make, you know, like if, if you drop me, I think and probably the same with you. If you dropped either one of us, I think into the local news in in Lincoln, Nebraska, give us a couple days and we'll be able to figure out yeah. how to put on the news. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Because sure. it's TV. It's right. all just kind of TV. But the aspect of it that I do think the reason that I'm not doing something else is because I was bummed out by the struggles that I saw doing plumbing, doing, my mother was in cabinetry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By my, uh, my uncle had a, you know, office and factory supply business, building lockers and shelves and stuff. I decided if I'm going to fucking work, I'm going to do something fun. Right, right, right. And right. do you think that that's kind of what, do you think that that, you did that in reaction or do you think you just kind of like, I like acting? No, you know? I didn't do that in reaction. I never, because I, 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 I got the acting bug pretty young. Yeah. And then... I just was sort of chasing that dragon from a very young age. What, to, do you remember like what started it? Yeah. When I was, um, my sister and I went to um, this church, uh, this Methodist church around the corner from where we lived. And we won a free two weeks at this camp, this summer camp on uh, Shelter Island. And at the end of the two weeks, you're supposed like, to- Like, was it a drawing or was there a talent thing involved? No, it was just a drawing okay. thing. And we, we both won this thing. And so we went to this church camp uh, on Shelter Island. And at the end, everybody was going to perform like a song or a dance or a play or whatever. And the, my age group uh, was doing a play of the prodigal son. Mm. And so I got, I like to clown around a lot. And so they cast me, the prodigal son is like, there's an old, there's a father and he's got two sons and one son's a fuck up and one's not. And he, he retires and he splits his wealth and the fuck up takes the wealth and goes off and spends it on prostitutes and da da da, and then comes back and the, and the other son's responsible and does all the things that his dad did. Then the fuck up comes back and the dad has this big celebration and party for his son who was a fuck up. Yeah. The prodigal son. And so we did that play and I was the fuck up because I clowned around a lot. And then on the day of the play, I got stage fright because I never acted before. Mm. I never stood in front of people and did anything. So I locked myself in the bathroom. My sister talked me out of the bathroom, my older sister. And um, How old are you? I'm, I'm 54, my sister. No, no, no. I mean, how old are you then? Oh, I was 54. <laughs> no. Uh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, it just happened. Yeah, it, yeah. Like right moments ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I guess I was in third grade. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's young. Wow. My sister talked me out and then I went on stage and I started doing clowning around and everybody was laughing and I got applause and all that stuff. And, you know, 
I think about it now, and I'm like, maybe they were just doing that to encourage me because I came out of the bathroom. But at the time, I thought, I fucking found it. I, I found it. my thing. Yeah. And so from that point on, I have been chasing that laugh and that feeling of what I, what I got from the audience on that day. I have not stopped looking for that. Yeah. Have you ever found it? Is it ever going to be enough? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, Andy. Is that hole going to get filled? Um, no, but I, uh, it might, it <laughs> might. Uh, no, I mean, the truth is, is like the, that I get it a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I get, yeah, I yeah. get, I get those hits a lot. It, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what it was like then, but I just know that I wanted more of it. And yeah. so that's what I've been, and I've been lucky enough from that point on to have people encourage me to continue to do it mm -hmm. until I started doing it professionally. And then I've, and then when I started doing it professionally, for the most part, I had an, an enough luck where, you know, I didn't completely run out of money and get run out of town. So I yeah. just kept doing stuff. And, and so here we are. Did you, I mean, when you went back home, did you tell your folks like, I want to do this more and I want to be in, did you get in community theater? Did you yeah, just I did, do yeah. 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 I just tried to get into, and you know, and on Long Island, there's not a lot of that. So we had to yeah. go like four or five towns away. And I did like, you know, there was some, some, uh, the arena players theater in group in Farmingdale or mm -hmm. something. And so I was like, I would do like children's theater and I would do acting classes, whatever, whatever it was, anything, yeah, anything and on then plays in school and stuff like that. And you never diverged from that. You never thought like, as you're getting ready for college, like mm -mm. you just, that was it. That was it. That's it was great. weird. Yeah. That, and, and, and like I said, it was just because the times that I maybe had doubt. Yeah. There was always somebody there like, no, don't, don't just stay with it. And I was like, okay. And I don't know why that happened, yeah. I, but I, I, you know, I chuck it up to just luck. Yeah. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a crow? And you went to NYU then, right? That's, I did. I mean, that's like a, and Lee Strasberg. So you went to some pretty fancy places, you know? Well, NYU, when you go to, I wanted to go there for theater. And I, I, you know, I wasn't going there to be a comedian. I just, I wanted to act. Yeah. And so when you get to NYU, there's like four, there were, at the time there were four different 
programs is Lee Strasberg, Stella Adler, Circle in a Square, and Experiment the Experimental Wing. Mm. And so I, I think they interview you and they ask you what you would like to do or where you would like to go. And then you have you it's know, like a high school junior kind of. No, no. When I got, I guess when I got accepted, oh, when you get there, I see. Uh, or some time before getting accepted, maybe yeah. before they accept you, they you have like a little interview. I don't mm-hmm. remember how college went. It's all a blur. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yes. Um, but then you get there, and I and they put me in the Strasburg uh, program. I mean, I remember when the state came out. I mean, I was I had you know started. Because you guys were, yeah, you guys were, were just barely out of college when you guys started working as a group, right? We graduate. I graduate. Uh, David and I and Todd Hollebeck were a year older than everybody else in that group, right? Okay. Uh, Tom Lennon, Ben Garant, Mike right. Black, Mike Showalter, Kerry Kenny, Joel Truglio, a bunch of people. So I was out a year, and I was I had done a, a national tour of a few good men, and I was trying to just get acting gigs. Yeah. As soon as those guys graduated, we got our job at M- at MTV. Wow! So we we were literally went right from they went right from graduating NYU to having a being on the John the stunt John Stewart show called "You Wrote It, You Watch It," mm-hmm. like and, a like a, a collection of sketch performers, basically. Yeah, basically the premise was John Stewart would read letters that people wrote in about like I don't know worst parent story or be, you know best date you've ever had or whatever, yeah. and then there would be a group of actors who would act it out. Yeah, and John Stewart would read the letter, and so David, I think David Wayne was like. Uh, interning at MTV at the time and said, what if we do man on the street video people telling a story as opposed to just reading a letter and intercut it with us performing our group? Yeah. And so they're like, "Mm, I don't know what that is. And so we just went out and did five of them Uh and handed it to them completed. And they're like, Oh yeah, we like that. And so then they hired us to do two or three of those per show. So we were our own, sing on the John Stewart show. So they they were a group of actors who we didn't ever cross paths with. Oh wow. John reading the script the the letters and then we would just hand in like f- completed projects. Video projects. Video projects and they'd put two or three of them on per show. And then all out of that John got his own talk show on MTV and we got our own sketch show. Wow. See that's I I just I remember at the time cuz I think I was I I had started doing improv at that time. And I just, the thing about the state that I remembered was how many of you there were. There's a lot of us. Yeah. It was like, and, and it's, and it's, but it's really remarkable. You said the names, uh, Michael Ian Black, Carrie, uh, Carrie Kenny Silver, Thomas Lemon, uh, Tom Lennon, Joe Latrulio, Michael Showalter, David Wayne, you, I mean, just like, and I'm sure, uh, Michael Craig Chan, yeah. Kevin Allison, Todd yeah. Hollebeck. And, uh, but I mean, people still working. You know, most for the of, most, most part, yeah. most of us work in this town in a have have been working in this town in a real way this this whole time, which is kind of crazy to think it's about. It's unbelievable, and have you know, like have written movies and been on like many shows. Yeah, <laughs> like, and like like we you know most of you are directors. You know, yeah. I mean, Showalter is a gigantic director right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, David is a is is a is a, a huge you know big director who's done these like cult movies and yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of people. And Tom never stops working. Tom never stops working. Yeah, Joe yeah. Truglio never stops working. Kerry yeah. Kenny never stops working. Yeah, yeah. Michael Black. I mean, it's yeah. like it just goes. It like it's it's pretty weird. I think everybody in that group 
put their heart and soul into yeah. that group. And how many uh, were there? There in, were eleven people. Eleven people. We all were passionate about what we did, and we all cared a lot about it. And you know, we were all very competitive. So there were some people who weren't in as many sketches. Because at a certain point, certain people were like, all right, fine. I don't want to yeah. fucking deal with the yeah, yeah. competition. Like, like, I, I, all right, I don't need to be in that sketch. Uh, that sketch. Whereas other people, you know, were like, I, I want to be in this. I'm, yeah. I, you know, and, and would fight for it. And same with and the writing. And here's five sketch ideas. And here's, like, yeah, and, yeah. and here's five sketches that I wrote. And I yeah. think that these five should be in the show. And then other people would be like, I wrote this sketch. Nobody's responding to it. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll try it again. You know, and... But everybody was putting their blood, sweat, and tears into that show and into that group up until we stopped doing the group. Yeah. And how many seasons were you guys on? We just did, I think we did four seasons for MTV. Yeah. And then they wanted, MTV wanted to do more, but we had bigger plans for the group yeah. um, and uh, quit MTV. Yeah, yeah. And tried to do a, a we had a deal with um, ABC. Yeah. And then that deal somehow went away. And so then we got a sort of um, a consolation uh, deal at CBS to do a special in with the, I think the ABC deal was something like uh, we would late night shows. We had yeah. like a, like a whole guarantee to do all these shows. We went out and smoked cigars and had like a, a, a whiskey with a uh, scotch with uh, all the heads of uh, William Morris and then that deal just, never, yeah, never, yeah. never happened. Like they were, they were like the deal. The deal has happened. Yeah, and we're like this is great. Cigars. And then, yeah. then like every week we'd be like, is are we? What's happening? Are we? Uh, do we have to sign anything? And then like a couple of months later, they're like, deal's not happening. Yeah, and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's one of the cool. One of the early lessons I learned was until you get a call time or they send a car to pick you up, it might not happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Everything can go away, you know. I've seen people, I've seen people get fired at the table read, like they had the job, and then they had the oh, yeah. table read. Table they read firings do, are awful. They don't do so good, and then after that, it's like uh, that guy's got to go, you know. So you know, it's a brutal, brutal business in many ways. Very brutal. Yeah, but now how? But how unwieldy then is it to kind of move forward with eleven people? Like, and, and who, who makes the decisions? Is it, does there kind of like it, because you, it's just too hard. Like Everybody try, had an equal and, vote. The, 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 the reason that group was formed is David Wayne, well, not David Wayne, um, Todd Hollebeck, who founded the group, yeah. the state, uh, was in a different sketch comedy group uh, when we were in college called Sterile Yak, which was run by Mo Willems, mm -hmm. who write, you know. The, I know who Mo is, yeah. Um, Piggy and Elephant and mm -hmm. don't let the, you know, he's an incredible children's book right. author. Um, and so he had a sketch group at NYU that Todd was in and David Wayne was in. And Todd didn't like that there wasn't a sort of a, everybody gets their, everybody gets an equal vote. So he broke off and started his own group that the whole uh, philosophy was we all have say in this as yeah. opposed to. Uh, I guess in Stereotic, Mo made the final call. Right. Or something like that. And so that's how, that's that was the philosophy. And so it made for long, long conversations amongst 11 people. Mm -hmm. uh, long creative conversations that, 
you know, at first we were all passionate about it. And then over time, everybody would start to get like, oh, Jesus, do we have to, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody's got to vote on yeah, this. Yeah, But that's sort of just like a, you know, band mentality or like, or like you know, like after a while, everybody's like, there's got to be a shorthand to this. Right. And so. Well, bands aren't 11 people. That's the other, you know. Yeah, it was 11 a lot is a lot. There's a lot of people. It's hard to decide where to go to dinner when it's more than three or four people. Right. You know what I mean? So to decide what our next career move is yes. with 11 just sounds so daunting to me. Yes. And so, you know, as we moved forward, there were people who sort of became the people who were guiding what the decisions were. But we still always had to vote. And we still always had to get everybody's opinion and and you know they needed to be heard and so and that took up a lot of time and over time that became a little tedious i guess uh, amongst the group but it but that's but but that's what i loved about the group overall is that we all got to have our say when and how do you kind of then start to do i mean you're you were obviously you're working as an actor you're you know doing tours and stuff but at a certain point you were no longer part of the state. When the yeah? state, we all made a commitment to each other to stay together. Mm-hmm. Um, even if like people wanted to kind of pull some of us out. And I had an opportunity like during that time where like, uh, it was like, you know, back in the nineties, there were these like overall deals that they would, yeah. would sign actors to. And so I got an offer to do that. And it was a big deal with the group. Cause I came back and I was like, I'm being offered to do this overall deal or, should we just stay this 11-headed monster and continue down the path that we're heading down because we believe in ourselves? Yeah. And that was like a that was like the one of the first times that the group had to kind of make a decision together and I had to make a decision and I decided to not take the deal and I stuck with the group. Mm-hmm. And then soon <laughs> soon after the group stopped making money and we all had to kind of go our separate ways anyway and that deal was way long gone. Yeah, yeah. Um so but uh so what was your question? Well, just like uh, how do, how does it the group ends and then you're and yeah, then yeah, the what group, do you do? Yeah, the group ends and then you know I mean you were doing this uh, uh, as well. I mean I think we we came up together in this town when you come out to Hollywood, you do pilot season, you try to build up your quote, you try to get a job, you try to see if you can, you know like if if you don't get the job but you're just trying to build that quote up so when you do get the job you're going to get you know and you know a, a paycheck that is not the 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 least amount that they can give you, you know, and yeah. like, so every so I came out and I shot um, a pilot, and it didn't go. It was a, it was a it was interesting pilot because it was with Sean Astin and Mark Ruffalo and me. We played brothers. Oh wow! And um, and I don't know if their careers went anywhere or if they did anything. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was called Housebroken, and we were brothers, and we took over our parents' house and. And yeah. nothing ever happened with it, yeah. you know. But that was my first, that, that was the reason I sort of came, that was a f- my first visit out to L.A. And then yeah. the next, and then after that, I wound up getting um, uh, Men Behaving Badly, mm-hmm. uh, which was, I replaced uh, Ron Eldard, uh, who had left after the first season. So I did that for 13 episodes. That immediately gets canceled. Yeah. And then I was out here. and so And so I was in that kind of, that world of like, okay, here's pilot season, um, run across town, do this audition, do this audition. Oh, they want to test you. They don't want to test you. Oh, they want to test you. Oh, you tested for it. They don't like you, but there's something over here. Run over there, sign that contract. Yeah. And then, you know, and so I've shot 
and I'm sure I know you did. You shot a number of shows, and I bet you were on. In between all of those, you were on probably eight, ten other pilots that never went. Not that many, because mine is just a little bit more different. In that, I was in L.A. I had done the movie Cabin Boy, and I was getting to audition for things. Well, I was, I, I had an agent that would send me out on lots of different stuff, and I really li- I was like I could I appreciated it, and I knew it. Like oh, I'm getting all kinds of different things. And then I got in the movie Cabin Boy, and then I was just sent out on, uh, let's see, it says moron. Let's send Andy. It says idiot. Oh, Andy could do that. It says a deeply, deeply stupid. Andy, why don't you do that? You know, so I, I just, I played dumb really well. So I was doing that. But nothing really hit. And then the Conan show happened. No, you had a, you had a couple of series, didn't you? No, that was after the- That my, was after first, Conan? Yeah, yeah. I had I had done before I did Conan the only things that I did professionally I did was I had a small part in a cable movie and then Cabin Boy and then oh my god and then Cabin Boy came out and I was I've told this before like I was looking for a job I was right you know and and I got the job uh writing and and being on Conan so when I came out to LA again I was a known quantity. So it was like. Right. After Conan. Then, then yeah. you were like, right. Because then you yeah. had a number of series that like. You I know, did. I had. I, very funny shows. Three, I, yeah, yeah. Three of them. And that. But I was in. And in. But in between there would be like my pattern after the first one stopped was write something for myself, mm-hmm. you know, either by myself or with somebody. And when that got. When that. When that got squashed, then get a job on a pilot and work for somebody else. Right. And I, you know, and I did that for a, a few, you know, a, a few different pilot seasons. But then, you know, I, I also was really lucky enough to to be the number one on the call sheet for three different shows. Right. Um, but I was intensely aware after the third one was canceled, there's this thing about threes, like in opportunities when you get three opportunities. And then all of a sudden you're not going to get a fourth. And then the fourth just kind of peters out. And it's like, and it was at that time when he came, he came back, he came out here to do the tonight show. And I was more than ready. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was more than ready to make TV every night. Right. Right. You know, uh, again, and not have to wait for people. Yeah. Not have to have a meeting and then wait two weeks to hear. It's brutal. Oh, it's the worst. I hate it. And I'm kind of in it right now and I I hate it. I mean, the strike has kind of put a stop to it, but yeah. Well, that's what I did. That's what I was doing. I mean, I came out here and from 97, 96, 97. No, I moved out here in 90, 90, end of 97, 98. And then I was out here and every year I would do every, every year I did a pilot. Yeah. Every year. And a couple of them got picked up yeah. and lasted for three seasons. I mean, three episodes or eight episodes, and then we get canceled, and then I would back to it again. Yeah, and, and it was uh, it was brutal. How did you manage money? Like, because I mean, when you have thirteen episodes after not having anything, that seems like I mean, I know personally, like you know, I was on a show on Fox that was like twenty two episodes, and that was just like. I mean, even compared to Conan, you know, I made a nice living on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, but nothing compared to. Well, uh, the know. first thing I got I, after I shot that first pilot, the housebroken thing with Ruffalo and Sean Astin, was uh, Men Behaving Badly. I shot 13 of those. That's what I'm saying. So I, yeah. so I put some money away. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a ton of money, but for somebody who was making, who was working with the state and we were making 
you know, eleven hundred dollars a you know an episode or yeah. whatever. What I what I made was significant, and all I needed was you know I, I you know a, a, a room to live in, yeah. and so that's what I was doing. I had you know a roommate. I was for a while I was living with somebody. Then I lived, moved moved in with somebody else, and I just just paid my bills and t- didn't go crazy. And you know each time I got a the pilot, I put some money away and. You know, I I never overspent. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, I would get lucky enough, or like after three or four seasons of no pilot, I would get a pilot, and we'd shoot eight, and I put yeah. that money away, and yeah, yeah. you know. But then at a certain point, I lost. I I there was no money left, and I wound up t- teaching acting for a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And how was that? I love it. I love actors, and I love talking about acting, and I love yeah. um just the process of just breaking you know scenes down and talking yeah. about them so it was fun to, uh, to a certain extent but then yeah. it, you know it was sort of a bummer because i was like i'm doing this because yeah you know there's nothing happening right now yeah, yeah. but it, that didn't last too long yeah so i didn't get that bummed out about it yeah and at least you're still in it yeah you know you're still kind of keeping the beak wet you know uh, yeah. a little bit so yeah. And then I was lucky enough to, you know, then start to do Party Down and uh, I did, you know, like Children's Hospital and all those, you know, different shows that sort yeah. of, tur- I turned a corner in in that Party Down. and When do you start to really, because I mean, so many actors and, you know, it's a cliche. I'm, what I really want to do is direct. Like when, when did you start to think like, I really want to do this. I want to, I want to direct and I'm going to do it. Well, I've always had that bug because the state was such a unique group. We wrote and directed and edited and, you know, on, on a lot of, like on You Ready Watch It, we would, we provided the wardrobe. Like we, we did all of the departments. Right. And. Which is like, you know, the grown up me is like, oh, you kids, you're just giving the cheapest network on television, free shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it worked out okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I you know, worked you, for MTV. Yeah. They were the cheapest. Oh, for sure, motherfuckers on the. Dial, we got you know? paid nothing, but yeah. we didn't care. We got yeah. to, we had our own know, show. I we know, were like, I know. we were twenty one. We I know. It's a you know. God we, bless you. We had it, enough money to go to the bar. Retros- it's only yeah at the because uh, at the re- in in retrospect, like I had we shut a pilot a bunch a bunch of Chicago people at it. We shut a pilot. For MTV, a sketch comedy pilot. Wait, which one? It was called uh, Head Cheese. Oh, yeah, Head Cheese. Did sure, you sure. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they would give us the numbers, you know, like how, because we were, there was probably eight or nine people minimum in that group too. And when, just knowing what I made for the pilot and knowing what nothing. we'd make for the show, I was like, I'm going to have to be behind a bar. Yeah. And people are going to be like, hey, isn't that you on the TV? Yeah, it is. Whoa! What, when, when did that show go off the air? Oh no, it's still I'm, it's on yeah, the air now. I'll be shooting yeah. there tomorrow, you yeah. know. But I ha- also have to wait tables at, or bartend in order to cont- you know, yes. to live in Manhattan. You know, that is true. Yeah, all, of, yeah. all of that is true. But we the, were given the opportunity to put our shit out there. I I know, and so I know. I I just ultimately it's, it's how it works, and it's it's the same thing when people you know 
like I'm old enough that when there's young people that are like, I'm doing an improv show for this theater and I'm not getting paid. I'm like, well, yeah, what do you, what the fuck do you expect? Right. It's an improv show. And it's all it, the, the flip side is like when, when people are like, and then these actors are asking for so much. You're like, well, yeah, because we know that. Yes. Yes. We, for the last 20 years, we've got paid nothing. Yes. Yes. And we'd like to somehow yes, yes. make a living doing this. Yes. We'd like to stop eating shit <laughs> and now eat food. You know. Um, so, yeah. So. I don't know what, I, what we were talking oh, about. Oh, just about when you want to get to directing, you know, oh. you'd, because, you, but you'd had such a hands-on thing yeah, with the so state. I always, I always enjoyed it. And then um, I think it was during Party Down, the second season, I was like, I'd love to direct an episode if possible. And, um, uh, you know, I had directed like little things that weren't on TV a little bit before that. And I was, I was like wanting to do a show. And so I got to direct the final, what was this? The, the series finale until the show came back. Yeah. Um, I got to direct that episode, which was a big episode and it went well. And then, um, and then I had always been looking for other stuff to direct and, uh, you know, um, what came across my, my wife wrote a show called burning love mm -hmm. that we did, uh, for Yahoo, but it was, we did three short, quick little seasons of that. And I directed all of those and I loved it. And yeah. I just, uh, you know, I think, I my comedy college and my directing college was all, you know, uh, the state was the that. DIY you know, of that, the state. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I learned most of my shit. Yeah, and and I learned a lot. Yeah, because we were we were running and gunning and doing. Yeah. we were just making it happen, and 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 so we were problem solving constantly because there was no money. You know, we were problem yeah. figuring it out, and so that has helped me enormously. Uh, when I it helps me enormously when I step into a directing thing because I understand how the departments work. I understand what time means mm -hmm. and like how to manage it and how important it is to get you know what you need in a twelve and a half hour you know period and yeah um, and then I you know I I know how to mine comedy out of something because of my stuff on the state and yeah. like I know how to be like okay well this isn't working but we can do this and this con this connective tissue can bring us into this yeah. Be, you know, and and I love it. It's I fun. Get, I get it's a, really I get a fun. rush from it. Yeah. I love directing. I love the responsibility and carrying all that. Like, I love answering the questions and making the decisions of, yeah, this is what we'll do. And I'm mm -hmm. happy to live or die by my decisions because I think I have a good sense of uh, what works and what doesn't work. I, I'm not always right, but um, but I enjoy directing and I think I do it confidently and bring out good performances. Of good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy. I, to I, yeah, that all of that, I agree with all of that because it is, it's fun. It's directing is just fun. I think some people do it as like an ego trip, but for me, it feels like a game show. It feels like beat the clock. Yeah. And we're going to throw, you know, we're going to throw curveballs at you. Yeah, you it's gotta exciting. Adjust. Yeah, it's, it's great. Exciting. It's really fun. Yeah. And especially when it's a part of what, of what you've been doing anyway, but now, you know, you, as you work and people, you know, you sort of earn some respect or whatever, you know, or people where they know that you're not an idiot. It, it's like, they'll listen to you. But like in this one, like they, everyone listens to you, you know, and you really get <laughs> to a say, bit of a power let's trip do it sure. this way. And they, cause, cause you know, I mean, you know how it is when there's six people and they're all funny people. And you're trying to write something, 
there, there's six good opinions, but you just got to pick one right. and just go with it. Yeah. And so it's like, if it's your turn to be the one that says, we're going to do it this way, that's, you know, that's, that's like a good day, you know? For sure. What are, you, what are the things you're, that you're most proud of in, in work-wise? I know you're going to say your kids because everybody's fucking proud of their <laughs> I'm proud of my kids. They're great. But I mean work, show business. Uh, uh, my work kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your work babies. <laughs> my work babies. Um, what, are my, what work babies am I most proud of? Uh, well, do you mean like what shows have I worked on that I'm most or, proud yeah, of? Yeah, or, or just moments or just like uh, that, that, you know, that episode of, of Party Down you directed or, you know, I mean, when do you feel like, like, were, like what days did you feel like really, really good about yourself? I don't know if I f- ever feel really, really good about myself. I understand. <laughs> I um, really do. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that yeah. exists. I mean, I feel... I feel like that was a good day. Yeah. Um or that was a great experience. I mean, I you, you and I both grew up watching a lot of 70s TV and so like some of the fun the funnest thing or the most the coolest things that I've experienced at this point in my life is getting to work with people that we grew up on. Yes. Yes. Right? So like um you know, I, I got to do Children's Hospital, and here walks in Henry Winkler. Yeah. And he is the biggest mensch and the sweetest yeah, man, yeah, yeah. and he's giving Almost me— Almost suspiciously so, if you ask me. <laughs> What's up with it's that like, guy? What is, what? You can't be this nice. Um, but he, he is. He is a sweetheart. And to, to get to, to know him as a human being, yeah. to work with him, to get to see the choices he makes, and to talk to him about acting and his life and— um, and, and just about life, you know, we did, uh, Dave and I did a movie called Wanderlust and we were like, you know, who would be really good for this, uh, this one part, Alan Alda. Can we ask? Let's see if Alan Alda will do it. Alan Alda did it. Yeah. And then to get to meet Alan Alda yeah. and to, you know, th- your expectation of what he would be is d- dwarfed by who he really yeah, is yeah. and to, and to, and to get to experience that. And to be around him, or Linda Lavin, or uh, or uh, uh, Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, you know, you meet these people that you grew up watching. Robert Urich was yeah, yeah. my dad, played my dad. Oh. in an early thing that I did, and I was like, "This is fucking Robert Urich is my dad." Yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, I like to. I I just feel like that. Those are the times when I'm like, "Oh, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm I'm actually part of this yeah uh, town." Yeah, in a in a real way. Yeah, where most times I feel like I'm just I'm just you know kidding everybody and and trying to get side hustles and jobs and stuff. Right. When I'm with those people, I'm like, oh, I'm in something that's somehow legitimate. Yeah. Or I'm and when they treat you like a peer or yes. a colleague, holy shit. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. So yeah. To, to and 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 I'm you know I could I I could list a bunch of more people if I just, you know, stopped and thought about it. But like, there are people like Alan Alda, Henry Winkler, Linda Lavin, like there, there are people that, that just, I, I pinch myself and I go, wow, I got to work with them. Mm-hmm. And that's really super special to me. So th- those are the really special days. And, you know, there are other, you know, and then to, oh, and then, and then just to go back to the state, you know, anytime I get to do something now, in the year, you know, 
2023 or like, you know, like with those guys and gal, like what a, what a incredible thing that is the odds of that happening. Yeah. It's just so unlikely. And here we are and we get to do these things together after all these years. And I love those people. Like those are my brothers and sister. Like I, I, and so to be able to still get to act like idiots with them and do funny things with them. Yeah. And get to see them do so such great work yeah. and funny stuff, and get to watch them on TV and be like, and and see people like adore them for the the, the stuff that they're doing, like and 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 like I get so excited because they're that you know they're yeah. they're my brother they're my brothers and sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also kind of, I mean, the people that you just fall right back into it with too. That's you know, like the people that you know, I came up with that I don't see, I won't see for two years and then see them. And it's, it's, it's like it's you did just, miss a day. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I, that, I felt that way on party down. Yeah. Like that we, you know, it was there 11, 12 years since yeah. we did the, you know, the set, the end of the second season and yeah. here we are and we all got in the room together and it was like, you know, right back at it. It was like yeah. just the third season of, you know, it just, it just so happened that 11 or 12 years passed. That's great. another incredible thing that I think about in this town is I got to, create this show called uh, uh, Burning Love with my wife. Yeah. And she wrote the whole season and I got to direct it and be in it and we put all these funny people in it. And it's one of the things that I'm probably most proud of. Yeah. Because I think it's just a solid like three seasons of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and to be able to do that with her was really special. And it was easy to work with your wife? It wasn't too many? No, it was super easy. It was great. good. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um... Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Can't you tell my love's a crow? Is there anything left undone? I mean, is there stuff that you, what do you, do you kind of want to keep going, What doing what you're doing? I mean, you've got... The Residence with Uzo Aduba. When is that going to be coming out? That's the Shonda Rhimes. I don't know. We have to ask Netflix or Shonda. Uh, You're part of the upcoming holiday movie Candy Cane Lane. With Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Okay, so here you go. (laughs) Eddie Murphy. I got to fucking work with Eddie Murphy. Right. I had to play Eddie Murphy's neighbor and we meet up in the middle of a street and we just start like, you know, you know, ripping into each other. And I got the part and I was like, I, I... I get to stand in in the same frame as Eddie Murphy. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, we grew up watching yeah. Eddie Murphy and now here I, here I am, I get to say lines with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And it was incredible. Yeah. You know, um, those are the moments that just like blow my mind. Yeah. So yeah, there's a Christmas movie with Eddie Murphy that I get to. So what, uh, what do you, you know, do you want to just kind of keep the, the say of the same course you're doing? Is there like a, passion project that has is hasn't been done yet that you know um 
No, I mean, I would love to... Uh, my, what I've learned over the years is that all the thing that's most important to me is to work with people that I care about and that are good people. Yeah. And I've had the luxury of being able to do that in the last, like, I don't know, 10 years or so. Yeah. Like, I've been, I've been lucky enough to be able to pick projects or or fall into projects where there are good people and and that's what i want to continue doing i don't have the time or the patience or inclination to like to uh work with assholes yeah and i don't i don't ever want to do that again yeah yeah i and so that's really that's the only thing i want i but i don't want to continue working yes i want to do as much stuff as i can do yeah. you know until i'm until i you know, can't move. <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. It's pretty fun. It's it is, a fun it job. It's a really fun job. Yeah. Hey, do you remember when we did the uh, $100,000 pyramid? I do. That was fun. And honestly, you mentioning that, and I, I didn't say it, but that was one of those, that was a day for me. And having been in that building to do other game shows, I, I mean, like, you know, I was in a Robert Altman movie, and that was exciting and thrilling. I went to film school. He's one of my film heroes, so that was really great. But there is something about being on the $100,000 pyramid and walking down the hallway to the studio and seeing, like, truth or consequences right. or, you know, password and right. seeing Betty White and Joan Rivers and Kitty Carlisle and all these people that I grew up with as, like, those are TV people. Right. And then being in that hallway and being like, that's me. I know. I'm one of them. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's sort of the same. It was yeah, like, yeah. I, I got that same feeling, just like I was saying, like, with, with the Alan Alda, Henry Winkler. Like, being on that set, I was like, oh, I, you yeah. know, like. Here we go. We we yeah. were watching that. When I'm we Norman were... Fell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm Vicki Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> It's I it, no, it's it's thrilling, and I mean it's silly, but it's so it's so great. So yeah, I do remember. We also did a pilot together for Fox. Wait, which pilot? Uh, with um, I'm telling you, I did so many pilots. With Eva Longoria. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a show called. I can't it remember. Assholes. It was yeah. We were. It was. It was based we, on the book Assholes, right? Yeah, something like that. It was. I can't remember what they ended up calling it because they changed the title of it. But we were a. Uh, a, a consulting firm that downsized that would come in and fire people. That's right. And it was, it, so it was like, we, the, I think the, the idea was like, uh, sit, you know, here's the thing. You know, most of the time sitcoms are concerned with having likable characters. This is nothing but <laughs> unlikable <laughs> people. It was based on the book yes, assholes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was a fun, it was a fun. I was a fun five days. Yeah, yeah, the fun five days. I was kind of like, yeah. And I was actually, I was actually working on the Conan show at the time. So it was kind of like, because I was sort of like. That's right. I don't know what's going to happen if it gets picked up. I know, that's right. But, you know. I thought like, it. I thought it had a good chance. I did too. I thought it was really funny, and I, it was, you know, you were very good. You were the, you know, the male love interest. Yes. You know. You're just you're very fuckable. It's just, I was uh, well, Eric. Then we, I think, uh, I, I I fucked everybody on that set. Yeah, you did. You did. You yeah, did. I think that's why it didn't get picked up. Yeah, it HR was, came and saw me, and it was a right, big right, problem, right. big issue. Right. And I mean, and you, I when you fucked me, I feel like it was just like 
You're like you would have you would have felt bad to leave me let you know to leave me out. I just wanted to meet Conan. <laughs> I thought that was my end. Well, okay. <laughs> I I hope it was worth it. <laughs> All right. Well, th- um, I, the, the you know the final of uh, the, of this is kind of like you know it's a what have you learned? It's like what advice you would have? What kind of the the point of 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 you know the your journey? You know what what do you th- what my do you life think? journey, my professional journey, or your life journey? It does. I don't. Need, you know. I mean, I end up we end up talking mostly work things, but it's because I. I mean, on this podcast generally, but it's be- and I'd love to talk about nothing but personal shit, but. You know, I, I I can't like to be like, you know, like, which your kids do you like best? You know, I they can't really, you know, do that kind of thing. Sure. But it's what I really want to know, you know. Well, I'll tell you later. Okay, of course. So I know, they're both I listening. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, like when people ask you for advice, what is there like something that you kind of fall back on? My, yes, uh, for sure. My advice, and it, and it's, because of my, I can only speak through my experience. When people ask me, what should I do? How do I get started? What do I do? My advice is always surround yourself with like-minded people, hang out with them, spend as much time with them as possible, meet people who are writers and directors and go to bars with them and write down stupid ideas on bar napkins or Wherever you go and then just just start creating stuff with them. Yeah. And then, you know, um, whether or not something happens with it, you'll, you know, is 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 out out of your hands. But like surround yourself, spend as much time of your waking time with creative, like minded people. And find find who those people are. First find who those people are. Yeah. That you like to spend time with. And then spend as much time with them as you possibly can and create. Yeah. And then, but create things that like make you laugh or make you question things or wonder right. or like excite you. But just to, like use your personal social time to put hours, you know, work hours in. Yeah. Like fun work hours. But yeah. like just like just keep grinding away and have, have fun doing it. I would, yeah. I mean, I would also add to that because I know is that you're, you're also, you're just going to have a better life. You're going to have more fun. You're going to be happier. You're going to, I mean, having gone from living in a small town to going to, you know, a big state school to then going to film school to then going to improv, I felt like every step of the way I was getting closer and closer to just like, oh, you know, any kind of feeling that I didn't fit in just got less and less and less as that that process went on till like- Till I was, you know, with improv people, I was like, oh, my God, you, you know, finally right, I'm with right. people that are as, right. you know, you find your as crew. right find and as wrong your, as I am. Yeah. Find your and crew. You just, and they're out there. Yeah. They're yeah. out there. You don't know where they are. So yeah. just keep looking and keep hanging out and keep, like, meeting people because they're out there. Yeah. And then, and then build stuff with them, create stuff with them. Yeah. And then something will happen. Might not be the thing you think it's going to be. Right. But something will happen. And they'll also make you better. You know, that will show you different ways to be you that are better. Yes. You know. Well, Ken, thank you so much. This has been really a lovely way to spend an afternoon. I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. I, you know, should I have, should I mention the party down or the other two since they're out right now? (laughs) We already did. Oh, we did. Okay. We did. We talked about them. Yeah, no. Party down. And I, I don't know if I said this while we were recording or not, but 
uh, season three of Party Down was I had I had just dragged my feet on seeing it for no good reason because it is like a uh, the original Party Down was I'm not even like I don't watch a lot of comedy on TV. It feels like you know like a carpenter watching HGTV or something. Yeah, it's like a chef watching cooking. Shows. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but. Party Down was just pure, always pure joy with me. And the thing that I really struck me too was that the uh, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, Adam Scott romancy part, I was giddy about it. And I usually that usually <laughs> that part I just feel like, ugh, here we go, the boy girl stuff, you right, know. Right, right. And that I just was like so invested in their love and in and I mean in this new one with with Jennifer Garner it's a testament to the you know Adam and and Lizzie of course and yeah. then John and and Jennifer Garner but also John Ambaum is like it's, one of the you know it's best. just really 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 good stuff and again and you mentioned it earlier too so like like lines that a couple times I just popped back you know the 10 seconds just cuz there were there was a line oh, that was yeah. so full of jokes that I needed to be like, wait a minute. I think there was like four <laughs> jokes in that one line. I need to go back and hear that again. So yeah, and the other two, again, we talked about it. just fantastic, just really, really good stuff. And you're, you know, and it's really putting pressure on this Shondaland thing. The Shondaland <laughs> thing better be freaking good. Or I think it's going to be very good. All right, it's a murder mystery oh. in the White House. Oh, watch out! One of those. <laughs> so many murders in the White House. You think they'd look into that? Oh, they should. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ken. Well, thank you. Thank you uh, so again. much. It was nice seeing you. It was it's always great nice to seeing see you. It. Yeah. And uh, thank all of you for uh, tuning in or whatever it is. Is it tuning in? Yeah, it's called tuning in. Sure. Tuning in. Tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.